Hey everybody, welcome to the She's the Owner podcast, a podcast where I share tips on business, relationships, and even personal development. As an entrepreneur of over 20 years and a multiple six-figure company, I have seen firsthand how the masculine and feminine play a role in our happiness at work and at home. So grab a coffee and buckle up. This is the She's the Owner podcast. Hey, hey, as always, if you've gotten value from this episode, please leave a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify. Each month, we do a random draw of reviews and send the lucky winner a gorgeous thank you gift. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. This is the She's the Owner podcast. I'm your host, Kara McCarran. Welcome to the show. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So this is going to be, the sound's not going to be the same as it usually is, so I apologize ahead of time for that. I am traveling and I'm in an Airbnb in, um, near Sedona, kind of near Sedona. I sort of got duped on location. I feel like I'm not going to be doing Airbnbs for a while for that reason. Cause I keep m- messing up and getting shitty places without really realizing it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And I feel a little bit under the weather. I think it's just, you know, we've been on the road for four or five, what yeah, six days. Um, and so I'm a little bit feeling it, but I wanted to, I have a podcast on my heart and I wanted to, uh, record it. So, um, thank you for joining me. Um, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, welcome, put on a seatbelt. It's about to get bumpy. Um, so today's episode is, is about surrendering. And I actually had a, a training that I did yesterday that I might share at some point as well. Um, but for this purpose, I'm going to record one fresh because there's, there's some things that I want to share. Um, when, and I, and I actually did a a blog post on it as well, if you're interested. So check that out. Um, but when it comes to surrendering, this word surrender brings up a lot of shit for a lot of women. And, um, I started the blog post just like that because it's kind of the best way to start. It's, it really triggers some negative emotion in people when you say surrender and why that's, you know, and I don't know why that is, if that's just maybe because it's like a a war term or, or it's just traditionally what it means surrendering in war, but you kind of are surrendering in war in war within yourself. And, you know, the last few years of my, my businesses and my marriage and my relationships and my life in general has completely, you know, I fought surrendering for a really long time through this and excuse me. Um, I paid for it. You know, I paid for it in, um, putting off happiness. I paid for it and I'm still like, I'm, I mean, if you've followed me for any length of time, you know, I, I went through a, uh, separation, divorce, um, in October of last year, 2021, and I'm still working through it. Definitely still working through it. I'm on what feels sort of like the other side of, um, what the only way I can really describe it is like an addiction. Like I was addicted to that relationship, not working if I'm being brutally honest. Um, addicted to still trying to fix it or fix him as if he's broken or, you know, fix, fix, fix. So I'm on the outside and like, excuse me for a long time. It was really just me going back in over and over again, trying to make something of, of it that it wasn't, um, whether that was, 
you know, a marriage, whether that was a friendship, whether that was whatever. I was trying to make it beyond co-parenting and really strictly, I think, out of a fear of surrendering to the fact that he and I can't do that right now. Doesn't mean we can never do that, but we certainly can't do that right now. It's too close to the surface. And so, so that's one, one massive way I needed to surrender was like acknowledging this was an addiction, acknowledging that, um, neither one of us knew how to break it. Um, accepting, you know, all the parts of, of when you've been with somebody for that many years and why it might feel awkward. It might feel sad. It might feel totally foreign. Um, to not be with that person, regardless of if it's right or wrong, you still, this, you know, the people that in our lives like that, friends, parents, whatever, <clears throat> they have a massive role. And it's so it can, <clears throat> we can get addicted to the drama or to the fixing or to the whatever. And, and the surrendering had to be where I was like acknowledging that fact, but then also now what surrendering to all the shitty feelings around not reaching out when I felt like it or not calling when I felt like it. Mostly it's text. I'll be honest, like with my ex, it's, it's mostly texting because he's not a talking on the phone kind of person. Um, so it would be like, I'm sitting there and I'm feeling kind of bored or I'm feeling a void and you know, 99 times out of a hundred, I would just text or respond or engage or let's go for lunch or blah, blah, blah because I didn't want to surrender to feeling <clears throat> what I knew I needed to feel, which is what I'm sort of going through now. Um, just unpeeling or unattaching from the drama that I was creating. And so in that, in that space, things come up, right? Things come up around me as a business owner, things come up around me as a mother, they come up for me as a woman. And so what I'm learning and what I have learned in tandem with, you know, being fully aligned with what my vision is for the company, etc., is that when anger came up, when sadness came up, when shame came up, I had to lean in harder, not less. And a lot of you will feel anger or feel sadness or feel fear. And that's your cue, your subconscious ego, tiny mind, all of the things, all the names we call it. That's the cue to shut it down, right? That's your subconscious will feel that. <clears throat> Sorry, your ego will feel that and say, nope, that does not feel good. So we're going to distract. And I can tell you, you're just avoiding the inevitable. You're avoiding handling it. And like, especially when it comes to business, like if you know what you're here to do and you feel it and it comes up and you have that feeling of like, I need to just like let go here, but I'm not going to, I'm going to do this instead, or I'm going to go look for another job or I'm going to look for like, that's a big one, right? Um, I'm going to go look for another job because it's the job you've heard. I mean, if you've not heard that podcast, I'm not even sure it's way, way back in the early days of the podcast, but like, it's not the job. 
it's so it's like when when I say you surrender to it, you're really just putting your hands, both hands up and saying, listen, okay, I'm here and I'm listening. I'm here, spirit. I'm here, source. I'm here, God. I'm here, higher self. I'm listening. But when those feelings come up, it is, it's, it feels terrible. It feels terrible. It like, let me relate it to relationship stuff, right? Like, you know, there was a day where I was like fully in bed the whole day, not that long ago, just all day crying. Now, <clears throat> what's interesting is ask yourself in these situations, like this can be true for relationship. This can be true for friendships. This can be true for especially the job. I was mourning something I had created. So I made the guy up, the person I was sad about. Now, that's not to say Ken's not an incredible human. He is, but not in a marriage for me, right? So when I was sobbing, you know, guttural crying, I wasn't crying over real memories. I was crying over things I had created in my mind on what I wished it was like. So it was like fabricated. And like, I would ask you, how many of you are doing that? How many of you are feeling a way about something that you've made up? For example, the job or the career, or like, are you upset about what you thought it was going to be like, or what you think it should be like? Or are you upset about what it actually is like? Like most of like, 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 <clears throat> most of the time it's two separate things, reality and your imagination, right? Obviously, right? So I would say like, if you're feeling a way about the end of something, the end of a job, the end of a business, the end of a relationship, like, what are you actually sad about? Are you sad about the thing as it is? Or are you sad about it as you've created it? Or what you think it is? Or <clears throat> is it real? All right? Is it really things you're going to miss? Because the, again, right, humans are so incredible. Like we're so incredible. And we're also so ridiculous. Like we can get sad about like our thoughts can create a whole entire range of emotions. Like that's what, that is it, right? That's what happens is your thoughts are making, your thoughts create the emotions. Your beliefs create the thoughts, thoughts create the emotions. But it's like, once you start to get to that curiosity place in your life, con like consistently where you're always curious, um, like my coach, Catherine, she's always like always saying to us in trainings that she does, um, get curious, get curious. And I say it to my clients all the time, get curious. Like the only way through feeling bad about anything is asking questions. Literally that's the, that's the million dollar response to anybody. How do you do what you, I get curious. Why am I feeling sad about leaving this job? Why am I feeling sad that I got fired? Why am I feeling sad that my marriage is over? Why am I feeling sad that that client might leave? Why am I feeling sad that this business, like, <clears throat> start there? Well, because why am I getting sad because of, because let's say I got fired. Why am I feeling, why am I feeling sad? Well, because I'm feeling um, worried. Okay, well, why are you worried? Because how am I going to make money? Okay, well, what are some ways you could make money? Well, I could do this and this. And this. Okay. So what's stopping you from making money? And by the time you get to the bottom of it, it's a limiting belief. And then you get like, to me, that's the best, you know, a lot of times I think people think, oh my God, another limiting belief. Oh my God. Oh, la, 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 la. <clears throat> no, it gives it like every single time you get, you get to discover one. 
that's an opportunity to fucking move it. As soon as I was, I've said this to my kids for a long time. Like once there's a spotlight on it, you can no longer be ignorant to the behavior. Once you know that you're doing something, you cannot be ignorant to it anymore. You can't be like, Oh, I had no idea. Bullshit. You know, now same thing with limiting beliefs. As soon as you discover it, that finally, that means it's been opened. It's unearthed. And all of a sudden now you get to put a spotlight on it. Now you get to look at it and be like, okay, okay. But before you did the questioning, you had no idea what that limiting belief was. <clears throat> so surrendering to all of that is key. It's not about I'm going to power through it. It's not about like muscling through and feeling sad and doing it anyway. Like there's no there's no. Um, winning in those situations. I can tell you that firsthand, like anytime I have attempted to power through emotions or power through situations that have affected me, I lose every single time because all I'm doing is deferring. Like how many times have I said, you know, said it, like if you're not handling it now, you're going to handle it some other time and some other way. And it could be in your health. It could be in a whole host of other ways. It will bring, it will manifest. It will like, it's not sitting in your body just thinking, oh, one day I'm going to go away. It's sitting in your body looking to you to bring it to the forefront, right? It's not sitting in your subconscious and sitting in your mind thinking, oh, I'm just going to, it's going to dissipate someday. It's sitting there waiting for you, your higher self to bring it up. And situations can bring it up you and, but really the best anchor is when you are not anchor, really, I guess that's not the right word, but like the best clue is when you feel something, if somebody did something to me and I feel something, I'm like, okay, that's it. Right. Yep. That's an indicator. I've got something I need to clear. So your choice is to clear it or not. But if you don't clear it, it will show up in other ways. So when fear comes up, lean in. When sadness comes up, lean in. When when anger comes up, that's a huge one. When you're pissed, like so many women are conditioned to think that anger is like the antichrist of every emotion there ever. It isn't. Lean in. Women have rage. I have rage. Like there's nothing, you know, it's oh, it's not ladylike. Oh fuck, who fucking whose rules are though? The patriarchy, right? Whatever. We have rage. <clears throat> That's why, like, I'll do rage dancing. I'll do, like, just fucking angry punching pillows. Like, that's something I've learned as well from my the coaching program I've been in recently is, and not, I've not, and here's the trick. It's not like I've never heard of it. I've tried to sign up for rage rooms, for Christ's sake. Like, I know about this stuff. Why wasn't I doing it? Because I was trying to avoid the feeling. And now I'm not. So if I'm pissed about something, watch out. I'm in my room, I will shut the door. I will, whether, you know, even with Amelia, like she's the only one that lives at home now. I'm totally transparent with her. In fact, I, I talk to her about this stuff. I want her to learn these tools because suppressing of emotions and suppressing of things is the absolute, I really sincerely believe it is 90% of the problem women have in their bodies with suppressing. Because if you believe in the mind-body connection, the energy needs to come out. And when you keep it in there, when you keep it in there vibrating and causing all this trouble, it will create something in the body, right? This is not new information. This is not a new concept. We know this, but like, think about your hips, think about your shoulders, think about your, 
um, your uterus and your ovaries. Like think about your breasts. Think about all the ways that disease manifests in our bodies. Anger is in the hips, masculine energy in the neck, in the shoulders, right? If you have problems, I have a thyroid issue, chakra energy there in my in my throat chakra like it, it's there it's just how it is we can argue all day about that it shouldn't be it's not like well great it shouldn't be in, but it is right so it's like we can lean into it and surrender to how we feel and move it through or we you choose not to but but really so here's my invitation to you is to get curious about stuff like if you're going through a divorce if you're going through a breakup if you're going through dating if you're going through starting a business if you're going through leaving a job if you're going through whatever get a pen and paper out and start writing it down like i'm angry okay why and if you feel like you can't even identify the anger part move your body around it will it like <clears throat> for me it'll trigger the energy inside my body like if i need to really start releasing and i and i need to um like find pull it out moving my body is like the fastest way to do that aggressively like i'm not talking what i say normal goddess dancing like where you're in flow i'm talking like turn on some heavy metal shit that makes you feel angry like that beast mode plug in and just start moving your body and jump around and like before long whatever that feeling that you're trying to keep down in there it will surface it will surface and and ladies <clears throat> one of the most important i'm in sedona right now if you don't know and one of the most important things that's happened for me in the last year and a half visiting here is really just connecting with this like sort of tribal version of myself. And I'm even like it, it's a slow process for me and I really want to lean into it more deeply. And I think my intellectual mind is trying to figure out how do I become more, you know, like tribal and how do I, how do I lean into that, that goddess version of myself? So I'm being cerebral about it, which <clears throat> is the, it's idiotic, right? Like that doesn't make any sense. That's not how I'm going to discover that part of myself. Um, but moving the body is one of the best ways to do that. And like, even when I'm here, I start to connect deep, more deeply and I feel more grounded to that, um, kind of tribal ancestrally type of past lives, like all of that, but moving the body, like, <clears throat> It's important. You have to do that if you want to connect, but it can't, there's no shame. Like we get so embarrassed and we feel so silly and shameful. Like why? Like, again, get curious. Why do I feel shame around dancing? Why do I feel shame around releasing this part of my um, energy? Why do I feel shame or silly or embarrassed? Like why? I mean, you think about there's still tribes in the world now where the, you know, like Aboriginal tribes, for example, in Canada, they do these beautiful dances. And but you notice there it's their hard dance. I mean, I don't know enough to speak on really anything beyond I've seen in like mainstream, but like any type of drum dance or any of the dances that I've ever seen, they're very hard, like they're moving energy. It's not in flow. Like it's not like a Hawaiian, like a hula dance, right? Same thing. It's very tribal as well. It's, it's like hard movements, right? They're hitting their feet on the ground. The bells are shaking. They're moving around. They're chanting like that will release some friggin' energy ladies, right? Think about, think about that. Think about going back to source of like your power and going, I mean, that's what happens to me in breath work. When I do breath work, I always picture myself like 
in a in a almost like like a desert like environment with all of these other women and we're dressed in these beautiful flowy like just freeing costumes and we're just moving and dancing and chanting and and screaming and loving and like it's so it's such a powerful place for me to be when I do my breath work but <clears throat> that's what I'm talking about like that accessing like if you're feeling something right now like I'm feeling a little tingly in my chest and like just energy bubbling up like th- lean in lean the fuck in do not resist that that's what I'm talking about that feeling that peace in the body wants to come out let it out if that means you cry your ass off today that's what it means if it means that you're pissed and you have to do rage dancing for 25 minutes that's what it means same thing with fear jump move your body move it out of your body right? But the whole thing is to surrender to all of the things like all of the stuff that's coming up. One of the things that I really want to give you a quick thing on, and this was something Catherine Zinkita taught me. Um, so I never, I always, I always find it very important that we credit who teaches, who teaches us. Right. Um, and this is one, one thing that I feel like has been an absolute fucking game changer for me. And so she says, ego only knows scarcity. So Ego is always fighting hard to stay in charge like that. We know, right? It's always like, I need to stay in charge because I need to keep you safe. And so when we talk about the surrendering piece of things, like, I don't want, you know, dangerous situations. I don't want you you like, basically what I'm trying to say is like your higher self will know when it's something you need to release versus your ego just panicking. So the way she puts it is, Ego communicates with frantic anxiety, kind of panicky energy. It's very dramatic. It rushes you into decisions. It keeps you distracted. There's a very charged tone of voice behind it. So it's very charged emotionally. And it convinces you that you don't deserve the things that, you, that you're saying that you want. It convinces you that you're not worthy. Um, and it use, uses your imagination to see the absolute horror show that could be your life. So... So I just want to give you this distinction so that you can kind of start to ascertain between like if it's a situation where you need to work through. Um, so let's let's use my ex-husband as an example. So let's say I'm feeling um, I'm feeling like I need to text him, even though I've made this commitment to myself that, you know, our communication needs to really, really just be about Amelia. So. <clears throat> In that scenario, I've got my phone in my hand and I might be ready to text him and I will have the conversation with my ego and my higher self. I will have to sit and listen. So the thought might be, I have to text him. I need to tell him something about my money situation or my business situation or something. I can now have the opportunity to sit with that and feel into and surrender to what is really going on here. So then I start to say, okay, is this ego leading me down this road or is this higher self leading me down this road to text him? And higher self, here's how she communicates. Super cool, calm, collected, very um, just calm. There's calm energy when it's your higher self. It honors your human design, only abundance, um, and there are many opportunities. So there's no frantic scarcity kind of mindset. Your higher self recognizes that. So in this situation, my ego might be like, Ken's the only person I can talk to. My higher self will be like, that's bullshit. Of course, that's not true. 
Um, there's no emotional charge behind the message. And that's really interesting, right? Because we would, I would, I mean, my assumption, my hallucination is that, you know, there should be emotion if you're, if your higher self is telling it to you, you should be emotional about it. Wrong. It's, there's no emotional charge behind it. It always knows you're enough. So is it true that if I don't text this person, I'm never going to have another person to text? No, higher self knows that that's total bullshit. Um, and it keeps you focused on what's important for your evolution. This is a really critical piece. It keeps you focused on what's important for your evolution, even if it sucks and feels super fucking uncomfortable. And that's, again, prime example. It feels uncomfortable not to go texting to the person that I've texted for 23 years or whatever that amount of time since cell phones. But it feels uncomfortable. But my higher self knows. And she says, listen, Kara, if you text that person, if you text the ex, you're only doing it because ego is pushing you because it's fearful. So let's just sit in it for a minute. And then calmly, my higher self goes, you don't need to text him for this. And I can tell you, since this, since learning the differences between how the, the ego versus the higher self communicates, <clears throat> I use it every day. I was using it on the drive. I was, I, I don't, I don't love driving on big windy, like into the sort of mountainy type of driving. It's not my favorite. I get, I, my imagination goes wild. I have scary, scary thoughts about what would, could happen if I just took a little bit of a turn, whatever, whatever. So my ego uh, would let me freak out. And then I would center back to higher self. And I would ask myself and my higher self would say, girl, you know how to drive. What are you talking about? Like what? Relax. Your higher self would not like, come on. And so multiple times, so especially when something comes up like that, where I don't like where I have fear, I'm starting to be able to turn it off within seconds now instead of minutes, days, weeks, months, years, whatever. Seconds where I can just go, who's talking right now? Ah, that's my ego. Shut up. We're good. Like, is there really a risk of me hurting myself in the car right now? No, there isn't. So thank you. And and oftentimes, like, you know, <clears throat> when we talk about the ego, like, there's a lot of spiritual healers that really vilify the ego. And, and I know Catherine speaks on it like this as well. Um, I love it. Like the ego, it's, it's a first, the, the biggest reason, I mean, obvious for obvious reasons, the ego keeps us from like hurt, getting hurt and doing really dangerous shit. We need it. But I think the other reason that I love the, my ego self so much or having, her in the room is it gives me an opportunity to practice my higher self callings. Like it gives me the opportunity to like, if I didn't have that, it just, there's balance again, right? Like masculine, feminine, black and white, light and dark, the ego and the higher self that there, that marriage needs to be there. It, it would like, if it was, if you never worried or you never had moments of fear, you never had moments of like, Oh my God, you're that person's not like, you'd be bored if everything was just perfect, copacetic all the time. And higher self was driving the bus every minute. There'd be no, there'd be no balance. You need that balance. You need to have that little shit in you sometimes still being like, Hey, don't fucking do that. And blah, 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 blah. Or you'd be bored out of your mind. Nothing you couldn't, that you couldn't exist in a world like that. It would just be blah. So I love, I love that little ego. And if you look at the ego, like a little kid who's having a bit of a tantrum and that kid is just looking for an adult to just calm it down, then 
all of a sudden it doesn't feel like, how can you be mad? How can you be like vilifying a little kid? You can, right? It's like, you just look at her and you think she's scared right now. I need to calm her down. And my job in the higher self is to do that. And I'm happy to do it. Um, so I know we went a bit off on a tangent there, but it, it all does kind of relate back to like the whole surrendering piece. You just have to really lean into the stuff, ladies. You cannot bypass it. You cannot skip go and, you know, skip go and just head on out. You have to do this work because it's this, this work that seems like it's super huge and super daunting, but once you practice it, and I've been practicing it for months and months and months now, really, really, really like very, very diligently. I've practiced this sort of half-assed for a lot of years, but I'm really, I'm really looking to become a master of my, um, emotions more than ever. Because like I said, I've been to how many Tony Robbins events and emotion, you know, mastery of, of your emotions is key. And I've sort of felt like I've kind of done it, like I said, half-assed, but I haven't really fully leaned in because the stuff that's coming up, like I have a lot of stuff around shame that's come up recently. Um, but if I'm, and I could just like, oh, whatever, but I have to lean into it because if I don't lean into it, I can't move it. Um, so I, I really, I hope this was helpful. Like, I hope that you feel okay, cool. So maybe if you want to do a bit of homework around it, um, pick a couple situations in your life where you know you're deflecting the emotion, you know you're reflect, deflecting what needs to be handled and start getting really curious about it and start asking questions. And and ladies, be okay if you're fucking mad. Be okay if you're sad. Be okay if you feel shame. Like just acknowledging it and saying, I feel like this and it's fine and it's not like the end of the world, but now I need to like move it out. I talked about that on my training. It's like, if you want to have a clear heart and you want to have and, and have clarity in your business and your career and your family and your relationships, just imagine that your your emotional home, which we talk about in training. Right. And Tony talks about that. Your emotional home. Imagine it's like a hoarders episode right now. And imagine you want to start redecorating. But you've got crap everywhere. Right. You have to pick up each thing and move it out of the house. So you're, you're starting with a, a, excuse me, a blank slate. Hold on, need a sip of water. Like if your emotional home is like an episode of hoarders, how are you ever going to feel clarity? How are you ever going to feel quiet? How are you ever going to feel peace or still? Not, none of that's going to happen as long as you are, you know, looking at a room full of shit. So one at a time. And it's not going to be the same for everybody, right? My room, my emotional home might have fewer things in it, but my emotional home, I will say it has fewer things in it because I've done this work for so long, but the things are fucking like, I'm not, it's not like there's a plate on the table, ladies. Like I have a full cooler of shit that needs to be moved, right? Like the stuff that I'm moving now is big stuff. It's like a huge, you know, it's big. It's taking up a big part of the room. And so as I continue to move things out to have this clear foundation, the, the, like, let's say in the beginning of that process, it was like an episode of hoarders. I couldn't see that I've, I'm supposed to be on a stage. I couldn't see that I'm supposed to host events for all of you for, you know, three day live events. I couldn't see, I could see it, 
but I was like, meh, there's too, there's stuff in front of me. So I'm good. I'm not even paying attention. And that's part of the whole surrendering. I surrendered to what's really real here for me on this, in this journey. And I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. I was doing versions of it, but I wasn't doing what I was meant to, to do because all the thing that I saw was like behind 30 boxes. So over the years, over the last couple of years, as I continue to move the boxes out of my house, all of a sudden I have a straight beeline to exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And still there's stuff to move, right? Like I said, there's a big cooler in the living room that I need to move, which is i.e. the end of my marriage. That's a big one. But one thing at a time, right? But don't stagnation is the thing that's going to kill any dream you have, right? If you just sit still and do nothing, that's your don't. That's it your dreams are going to die on the floor as they say. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I love you guys all so much. I will, uh, probably record another one or maybe two episodes while I'm here. I'm always very inspired when I'm in Sedona. So there you have it. Have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.